0: Well, good morning. Welcome to the Coffee Break Bible Study podcast. Here with uh, Aaron Patterson and David McNeese. Uh, like, like we said, we're starting our, our, we're rebrewing it. If we use a coffee analogy there, and uh, diving into our first study. Uh, David, you want
1: to tell them what we're studying? Oh yeah, we're gonna be jumping into the Book of Galatians. Um, pretty excited about that. I've started looking over some of the opening material and. It's definitely an exciting and deeper study than I realized.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I've I've been reading through it and uh, there's a lot of stuff that is very practical when you really start to dive into it about what Paul is talking about, especially in chapter one and chapter two when you talk about Peter and uh, something that amazed me looking at it. Uh, You know, we often put these apostles up on a pedestal and say, look, look at what, all the things they're doing, all the great things that they they accomplish through the Book of Acts, through the letters that they write. But in chapter two, we we really get to see the human side of them and, and see how they interact with each other.
1: Yeah, and I found a lot of other practical stuff as well, such as you know, looking at how Paul immediately jumps in on his rebuke of the Galatians in chapter one. Yeah. And like I'm, looked, I'm looking through that, and at first it's like, oh, oh, they're so bad. But then I look at my own life, and I'm like, oh. Oh yeah. I'm not guilty of the same thing, or this can apply in this way. And then, just having, you know, some, you dive into a study, it's good to dive in and really study. But it's also good just to read. Sometimes you'll miss some points studying deep that you would, that you would, that you would actually hit when you're just reading. So some of the concepts in this that should have been obvious to me. Always became a lot clearer about my third read through. So. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so, uh, the, the, you know, they say the Word of God looks like sharper than a two edged sword. So, yeah. there's always going to be something new every time you read, even if you're reading it, you know, day to day, back to back.
0: Oh, definitely. You, you always, you need something that you read, I've always found if you read something and then you come back to it, it may not apply right then, but later on it, it'll. Clicking, in my, like, wait, I, I read something. Oh yeah, that's absolutely about that. So definitely a wonderful book that we're going to start studying the Book of Galatians and uh, probably not going to go into do too much detail about when it was written and how who we, we know who wrote it uh, or where and all that kind of stuff, all that technical stuff, but really just dive
1: right into the to the text of it. More of a discussion than a Bible class, so exactly. No need to go over the background too much, other than who he's addressing probably, yeah. but. Yeah, that's probably how we're going to do
0: it. We're just going to you know, read a couple of scriptures or a couple of passages of it and then kind of sit back and discuss it, get our different thoughts on it, see what it comes to mind uh, over those passages. So uh, that's kind of the format that we're going to take and uh, see how it goes. So uh, David, you want to start us off by reading maybe the, the first uh, five verses there? Yeah, I was taking the verse five.
1: One. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. Okay. Colossians chapter one, verse one. All right. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised them from the dead and all the brothers who were with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right. What's the first thing that stuck out to you there, Aaron? The, the first thing that really stuck
0: out to me, is Paul's introduction. Paul an apostle, it's not of men. It wasn't appointed by men. It's through Christ. And and you see that time and time again if you look at the other books of Paul. He all and I think there's only one or two books where he doesn't say, Well, I'm an apostle. I'm not I'm of God. But it's very interesting. He says, look, this is where I get my authority. It's not by what men has created. It's not something that man has appointed to me. Uh I'm of of Christ
1: and of God. I think that's especially poignant... The I can get that word right. But especially pertinent in this case, because his apostleship was apparently being attacked. Yeah. In this context, I mean, maybe a little bit of context here. He's addressing those who were being pulled astray by Judaizing teachers. True. And so they were. They were most, from what I've you know studied and seen, others you know suggest they were trying to, you know discredit Paul and his apostleship yeah definitely so he has to establish that right away and not to his glory though but so they know what he's teaching us from God and we'll see why in just a few verses
0: yeah def- definitely you look later on in this chapter toward the end of it in verse 23 uh, it says they heard only that uh, that he which persecuted us in times past now preaches the faith that was once uh, once he destroyed and you know, Paul has that reputation Uh, He he was the persecutor of the church. If we go back to to the book of Acts and see that, uh, he he had all that authority to go and persecute it. He was known for that. And so you know there's going to be some that hear his name and say, wait a second, wasn't he the one that persecuted the church?
1: Especially that would be an attack point for those who were trying to discredit him. I'm convinced people were trying to discredit him simply because they wanted to bring, you know, the Jewish religion, the Mosaic law, back into Christian into Christianity. Oh yeah, definitely. And, uh, that's definitely what this book is focused around. And I think they're attacking him, and they're using those points to attack him. Yeah. And not only that, I think when he tells that story of his um of his life and his conversion a little bit, you know, he even says at the end of twenty four verse twenty four that glorified God because of me. He's given a testimony. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. We don't use that word a lot in the churches of Christ, but he's given a testimony. Yeah. He, he's 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 pro- he's he's showing. God's glory through his story. Yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely, definitely, if we use that word testimony, telling them exactly where he came from and now where he is.
1: And thereby confirming God and that he's from God. Yeah. Which is important since others were coming that weren't from God.
0: True, true, definitely, definitely. And and it's interesting, he always brings out grace in verse 3. He tells them, who he is, he tells them who he's writing there in verse 2, and then, grace, and then verse 3 says, Grace be to you and peace uh, from God the Father, uh, from our Lord Jesus Christ. And It's interesting, you look at through all the other books of Paul, he always does that. He introduces himself, and he says, Look, I'm praying for you, I'm thinking about you, and this is something that's very typical of Paul, uh, of how he introduces himself. Uh, he, he, he starts off by saying, Look, I'm thinking of you you're on my mind and that's a wonderful lesson for us uh when we think of other christians that that maybe we have come in contact other people that we come in contact with are we praying for them are we keeping them in in mind Uh, maybe when we say something or do something uh, and letting them know uh, that they're that they're important to them
1: are we being kind to them true because these are people that he's immediately going to rebuke in the next following passage, the next few sentences. Yeah. But he starts off with politeness and kindness and lets them know that he is greeting them in love despite the harsh rebuke that's about to come. True, true. He does it in love. I mean, that's a perfect example of how even if we have to correct somebody, it's not, you bad person, you did this horribly wrong. Yeah. It's, I love you and you made a mistake. Let's help you out. Yeah,
0: definitely. And you see that throughout... Paul's writings, uh, yeah. you, you look at first and second, or first Corinthians, really, yeah. you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there, but Paul starts by saying, hey, I'm thinking of you, yeah. I know what's going on,
1: I, I'm concerned for you, let me address the problem, let me help you through it. And I'm glad you made that comparison, because almost as bad as the Corinthian church was behaving when he wrote that first book. I almost feel like, if you want to say, maybe a sharper rebuke here in Galatians. Yeah. Because you've turned to a different gospel. You're not, you don't just have sin in your lives. you're, You're turned to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but you know, it's been, it's been perverted and you've quickly turned to it.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Definitely. So not only was there, you know, I'm sure there was some sin, but like in Corinthians, but they had, they had accepted a false, a false doctrine. So it was, you know. Yeah. That's. He shows the danger of that in his harsh rebuke.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and, and then he again in verse 4, he turns everything back over to Christ. Yep. The whole time you see him, look, I'm from God. I'm from Christ. He, God is the one who raised him. It, it, all of, all of our, our the grace that I have comes through Christ. And then he gives more details on Christ and says, uh, verse 4, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from the present evil world, according to the will of God.
1: Uh, our Father. Yep, and if you look, you think about how he only boasted in Christ, you look at verse chapter 6, verse 14, mm-hmm. it says, Far be it from me, excuse me, verse, uh, I guess it's verse 14, yeah. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and out of the world.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: he, and that's something with Paul, he always goes back to Christ. He does, and he's very good to do that. Yeah,
0: and, and again, you know that shows uh, for us today, and for those at this time who are reading that letter for the first time, it's not Paul's opinion. No, it's not. It's not what Paul thinks. This is my authority. This is where it's coming
1: from. You know, you mentioned uh, some very practical things are in this book, mm-hmm. and one that didn't first catch me when I read through, but when I started actually going into the study of it. I thought of starting writing down some notes. I thought of this comparison. One very practical thing is you know, is those of us on the front lines teaching and preaching and elders, maybe, and it's those that are deacons, those that are leading the church and have an open, very public role as Christians, you know, in leadership or servant roles. Um, it's easy to get caught up in that, that ability or that skill. Yeah. We get the mindset that it's about us sometimes. True. Um, I'm not saying that about you or me, yeah. but everybody's had that tendency that's that's gotten, you know, a lot of praise for what they're doing or a lot of popularity. But, I mean, we just have to remember that popularity is not for us. The praise isn't for us. It's for God and to give God the glory. True. True. I mean,
0: de- definitely. Uh, definitely. We, we de- and, and Paul's very wonderful of doing that, giving yeah. God the glory that he deserves. Uh, it reminds me of, uh, I always go back to the Sermon on the Mount. I love that, the passage there in Matthew 5 and, uh, we we read it often, uh, what he says there about being the light unto the world. And uh, let me find it here. Uh, Matthew 5, verse 16. And uh, it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Well, it's not about our good works, is it? And glorify your Father which is in heaven.
1: But it is because of our good works. It is because of our good look works. At, um, I'm glad you said that because look at... Uh, Back in Galatians chapter 1, verse 24, and they glorified God because of me. Yeah. So they see what we're doing, but the glory doesn't go to us. True. It's our action, but God has given us that strength to do it. Exactly. And the glory goes to him.
0: Exactly. And that's how it should be. Uh, everything, our, our good works, the things that we accomplish, we should be giving God the glory in, in every aspect of our lives.
1: We should only be doing it to bring God the glory. Exactly. I and mean, there should be no other motive.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
1: And on the flip side of that, I will say, as someone who's you know taught a little bit and preached a lot a little bit, and you've you've done even more than me, mm-hmm. as the one in the audience, don't forget to give some encouraging words here to, um, to your preacher or teacher. Oh, definitely,
0: definitely, yeah. I
1: mean, not it's, for their glory, but it's yeah. You begin to wonder if you're doing okay when you don't. Yeah. When you don't get any confirmation. And on that same token, if I'm saying something wrong. Oh, definitely, definitely let me know. Definitely, definitely.
0: Yeah. And and, Paul, and that's kind of where Paul goes with this. He sees something in Peter, and, and he says, Hey, wait a second. This isn't right. And he goes to Paul, or Peter, Paul goes to Peter. And, you're, we're going to have mixed up names there for a while, probably, Paul and Peter. <laughs> uh, but he goes directly to to Peter and says, Look, this isn't right. And... and, and that's something good, too. And like I said, being, a, being a, a preacher, it's good to hear encouragement. Hey, that was a great lesson. Or uh, the best thing for me is when someone says, I learned something.
1: Oh, yeah, that's, that's always good. Or,
0: or, or I brought something to their attention that they maybe not, have never seen before.
1: Yes, that's always, that's always encouraging for sure.
0: Definitely. And, and, and that's the biggest takeaway when I, when I prepare a sermon is, what can I bring out of the word that may touch somebody? and that that right there is can i show them christ and show them what christ has taught and definitely paul does that over and over mm-hmm. and yeah. and that's a a great uh a mark to achieve and especially if you are preaching what can i teach what can i what can i present so that someone
1: can learn you have got to meet people where they are too right oh yeah you know talk about the... Ethiopian eunuch, Philip turned to that very scripture and talked to him, Jesus. True. you got to go where they're at you yeah. know, in their lives and in their situation. Oh, yeah, and definitely. And even in the Word and try to get not that thing that will necessarily, you know, oh, you're doing so great. But sometimes that thing that you need this correction yeah. or this is something that I think will apply to your lives. And I know that's, I never taught long term at a church, but I think that's something that a lot of preachers struggle with is not teaching Preaching sermons, yeah, that apply to their congregation, especially older preachers that have been preaching for many years, and just true. They got that backlog of sermons, but they may not be doing them when
0: yeah, true, true. When the church needs that application, yeah, Whereas, uh, yeah, and that that can be tricky because uh, I've had it several times where I, I had a sermon prepared, I had a lesson that I thought would be really good, and on Friday or Saturday night something happened, and it's like ooh, I got to change my sermon because something else, something has said, well, this needs to be preached at this moment. And so, as a preacher, you you got to be ready for those kind of things. I mean, and like I said, everybody's going to be different. If you're in a personal Bible study, you got to begin where they are. And, and the Ethiopian eunuch is a, a great example of that. Uh, here's Philip going, and this man stud that eunuch is studying and needs guidance. And you, and I wonder today, you know, how many people are reading the Bible and reading God's Word but don't have that guidance and, and maybe don't even know some of the things that we do. You know, uh, there's people out there that, that maybe not even know who Noah is and what happened there. Uh, and so you, you do have to get on, on their level. Yeah, I'm, uh, definitely.
1: I'm, I won't name any names, but I talked to a guy who never heard of the story of Jonah. Yeah. I was like, I mean, it blew my mind. Yeah, Bible definitely. Belt. You've never heard the story of Jonah, but... Yeah, but it's out there. This goes to show that people need to be taught. Yeah. That they, you know, that it's not... Just because we know that stuff doesn't mean everybody else does. True, true. And, and I think of, of Christ, it, look how
0: he taught. He, he taught with parables. Things that people could see, that maybe, maybe even people that were in that profession. You, know, you think of the parable of the sower. There might have been, in that multitude that was there, there might have been people that did that work, they would know what that consisted of. Uh, the, shepherd, the, the parable of the lost sheep, you, you know that they were shepherds. They, they knew what that occupation was. They knew what it meant when one sheep was lost and, and how valuable that was. And so oh, yeah. Christ definitely spoke on their level. He spoke in a way that people could understand it.
1: Right. Yeah. And in a unique way that sometimes those who um, weren't religiously trained would understand it better than those they should have known. True. True. Definitely. <laughs> that's another point. But that's yeah something he did with those parables for sure. Definitely, um,
0: definitely, uh, definitely a lot. Right, I mean, right there in that introduction, there's a lot to unfold in those first five verses of what Paul is is telling us about.
1: Yeah, it's it's a and a lot of it, you know, is the fact that Paul is coming from God. Yeah. Doing this for God. And trying to save men's souls. True. But True. that it wasn't of men, and that God be the glory. Yeah,
0: definitely. I think
1: that's the big push from that, besides, like you mentioned, the grace and peace and the yeah. standard stuff. The big push is, I'm not a man, which yeah. is, we'll see next time, how he jumps into the fact that he's so shocked that he's jumped to another gospel. True. Other than what he taught.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. He does jump to that next one and say, look. In in verse 6, as we'll speak of in our next episode, uh, in the next passage of Scripture there, he does really, I mean, he goes from introducing himself to saying, hey, it's time to get down to business. Oh, yeah, Uh, immediately. Definitely. uh, Definitely. Uh, So uh, we're about our 18 mark here on this one. Uh, So we'll go ahead and... uh, We'll stop this episode here. Thank you for joining us for absolutely. our first episode since the the rebrewing. Uh, looking at that introduction, that introduction has so much in it. And, and glad we could unpack it a little bit and, and look yep, at it. And, absolutely. Uh, definitely look forward to the to the next uh, section that we're going to be looking at, probably verses uh, 6 through 12, uh, where we dive into that, that first real hard rebuke uh, from Paul toward the Galatians and the, and the lessons that we can take from it. so. Absolutely. Uh, uh, as always, uh, what we, we're going to stay at the end. What were we going to say at the end of our, each uh, episode?
1: We're going to say, as always, we love you. God, God loves, loves you, you. And until okay. next time.
0: Yep.